they said that they know that the federal government does not have authority, they're going to have to ask the states very nicely to accommodate them. And, and so what we're dealing with is in each nation's governmental structure, the people and their representatives have been kicked to the curb. And what has been set up is a, you know, a global health dictatorship. Hey, friends, welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in. That was James Rogowski. And as we end 2023, I want to wish you all a very happy new year and share the good news in this broadcast. Yes, it's good news. We the people are going to take the who to the woodshed, and these people will never strip us of our power and our sovereignty. And all we need to do is keep fighting. God bless you all. Happy New Year. And before we start, just a quick word about our sponsor. Just when you thought it was safe, interest rates spiked and new threats have come out of nowhere. Tensions are boiling from Asia to Europe and adapting to this turmoil is the key to safeguarding your wealth. Perhaps you've not considered gold before, but now is the time. It's insurance, and right now, you need some insurance. Noble Gold Investments has been protecting investors from disaster for years with precious metals. So if you're worried, it might be time to take a fresh look at gold and silver. Gold is a multi-century proven safe haven to shield your portfolio. And right now, Noble Gold Investments is offering a free three-ounce silver American virtue coin with its new IRAs this month. If you open your Noble Gold Investments IRA or 401k rollover right now, you can claim your coin today. Remember, crisis brews, gold insulates. Secure yourself and your portfolio against the threats. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com right now. noblegoldinvestments.com. It's the gold company I trust. Hey friends, welcome back. Thank you so very much for tuning in. It's Sean from SGT Report here with a very important update about the World Health Organization, the looming treaties and deadlines that are right around the corner. And what you're looking at here is the good news. And I think it's in no small part thanks to James Rogowski, who's on the show today with an update. But uh, countries around the world have begun to reject the World Health Organization as deadline looms. So the question is, guys, are the people in Estonia and Slovakia more free than we the people in the Republic of the United States? Well, maybe, just maybe, we're going to see what happens here. But uh, I'll remind you that uh, Andy Biggs introduced a bill a year ago, H.R. 79, the World Health Organization Withdrawal Act. It only has 53 co-sponsors, all of whom are Republicans. So the fix is in. And the prognosis, a 1% chance of being enacted. So I guess the folks in Estonia and Slovakia probably are more free than we the people. But uh, let's not throw in the towel just yet. James Rogowski, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing great. I got at least three topics that I hope to talk about today. And, you know, a lot of it is good news. But, you know, it all rests upon, you know, the efforts of we the people. Uh, you know, the, the folks who are in power are certainly not ever going to just give it up. We have to take it back because power and authority belongs to us, not them. And, you know, government serves um, at the consent of the people. And quite frankly, we've been consenting for way too long. Um, the, the first topic at hand, you know, I'll ask a rhetorical question of everybody and what I would hope people grasp from what I'm about to say is that I'm giving you an icebreaker or a conversation starter or, or something to spread on, on social media. Um, you can ask anybody that you've run into, 
Are you aware of what is probably not going to happen on January 27th, 2024? A little bit less than four weeks from now. Are you aware of what's not likely to happen before that date? Well, the answer is the working group for the international health regulations has a deadline. They have a legal obligation based on Article 55 of the international health regulations that if they want to present amendments to the international health regulations to be considered in May, Article 55 says very clearly that they have to submit it four months in advance of the May meeting. Now, this is about as clear a summary as I think I can make of it. If they fail to submit a final package of amendments to the international health regulations by January 27, 2024, they don't get to consider it this year. See you next year, guys. I mean, it, think about it. If you were in school and you had a deadline to get a report in, if, if you have a bill that you have to pay, if your taxes are due, you know, if if you're going to catch a plane and you show up an hour late, sorry, you know, catch the next one. And so the next World Health Assembly will be in May of 2025. Now, this can I is- ask you something, though, just for the audience and uh, my own edification? Who is this working group? The working group for amendments to the international health regulations has clearly stated that they are going to fail to meet their deadline to submit amendments to the IHR. Who is this working group? Well, the working group is a collection um, primarily of one representative from each of the six regions of the World Health um, Organization. You know, they have regions, the Americas, Africa, Europe, Asia, so forth and so on. And they've been meeting for well over a year to consider amendments to a document that goes all the way back to July of 1969 the international health regulations. Now, any nation can submit amendments to those regulations. The United States did that two years ago. That's how I got you know, down into the WHO rabbit hole because I um, identified the fact that they had done so. Now, to their credit, I suppose, the US government in 2022 submitted their proposed amendments on January 18th, 2022. And and so, you know, they did so within the deadline. Now, way back in October, this, you know, this that we are talking about, Sean, is actually old news. In on October 2nd, at the meeting that they had um, for the working group, uh, they said very clearly, and we have the clip, hopefully you'll be able to play it. Um, they know that they're not able to reach agreement amongst the many nations. And they said three months ago that they're not going to meet their deadline. And nobody has reported this. This is actually, I think, really important news. And you can take it from the horse's mouth. Yeah, let's play this clip because I find this all to be very confusing. The good news is this is sort of all falling apart as the world wakes up. The World Health Organization, in essentially a silent coup through treaty, wants to exercise control over all nation states should there be another pandemic. And of course, there will be. Bill Gates endlessly talks about it. So did the folks at uh, the World Economic Forum. So here's the clip. 
Dear colleagues, we uh, have been uh, operating with the understanding that the package of the proposed amendments resulting from the work of this group would be finalized by January 2024 to meet the four-month deadline stated in Article 55. However, we believe that uh, we all share the same sentiment that uh, realistically the whole package of amendments will probably not be ready by January 2024. We would like to ask the uh, Secretariat whether procedurally we could continue working until the 76th World Health Assembly in May 2024. I'd like to ask the Secretariat to provide some guidance in this matter. You keep playing uh, it. Thank you, Co-Chair. Yep. Uh, the Health Assembly in decision WHA 75-9 requested the working group, and I quote, to establish a program of work consistent with decision EB 153 and taking into consideration the report of the IHR Review Committee to propose a package of targeted amendments for consideration by the 77th World Health Assembly in accordance with Article 55 of the International Health Regulations, close quote. Article 55 of the IHR, which is referred to in Decision 75-9, sets out two procedural requirements relating to proposed amendments. The first one is that, quote, proposals for amendments shall be submitted to the Health Assembly for its consideration, close quote. The second one is that, open quote, the text of any such proposed amendment shall be communicated to all states' parties by the Director General at least four months before the Health Assembly at which it is proposed for consideration, close quote. Again, that's the text of the relevant article of the IHR, Article 55. There you go. Help us understand what we just watched. That is Article 55 that says very clearly that if they want to propose any amendments to be considered at the May Assembly, they have to submit it four months in advance of the May Assembly. Well, the May Assembly begins on May 27th. Four months before that is January 27th. That meeting was in October. So three months ago, they said, hey, we're not going to make the deadline. Now, if they were honorable people, what they would have said was, sorry, you know, we got 196 nations here trying to agree on 300 different changes. You wanted us to do it in about a year and a half. It ain't going to happen. We'll give you a report in 2024, but we're going to have to change our timetable and maybe we'll shoot for 2025. Now, this is spectacular news, and nobody's talking about it. It really isn't confusing. They like to try to make it confusing. They're likely to try to cheat and pull a Nancy Pelosi. If you remember years ago when she was dealing with, I believe it was Obamacare. I could be wrong on that. But, you know, big package, uh, you know, legislation. Oh, just, you know, just vote for it. Just adopt it. You can read it later. Mm -hmm. No, there, there's a rule in the international health regulations that we could use in our own government that says, look, if you want to make any changes, you can, but you have to submit them four months in advance. So everybody gets to take a look at them, consider them for four months, 
And then come May, you can decide whether or not you want to adopt them. We're sitting in a very good position where we get to watch for the next four weeks this slow motion train wreck of they are failing. Now, part of it is maybe because of, you know, people's awareness and all of that sort of thing. But it really comes down to the fact that they're trying to get 196 nations to agree to massive changes in international law in a very short period of time. And what's really going on is in the middle of these negotiations, I think it's reflective of the outer world. The, the relatively poor nations want what they want. That's why these negotiations are happening. And what they want is insane because they want to have investment and they want access to intellectual property so that they can build out the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex in their nations so that they can find more pathogens and make more biological weapons to inject on their own people and profit from it. That's what's driving these negotiations. But the wealthier nations are saying, well, you know, we don't really want to give you the intellectual property. And I'll speculate here a little bit, Sean. They don't want to tell uh, you know, publicly how these jabs are made because that would be as incriminating as all get out. And, and so there's an impasse in these negotiations because these negotiations are not about health. They're about money. What, what we're dealing with here is a trade dispute where the poor nations want the wealthy nations to give them more access, more investment, and more control to be able to make more jabs and make the profit from them. And the wealthy nations don't want to hand it over. So they're going to miss their deadline. Now, that's spectacular news if that's what happens. But they're going to try to cheat. And I've documented this three months ago. After that little session that you played, they spoke for an hour about how they're going to try, you know, to just keep negotiating and drop something in at the last minute. Well, we, the people, have to stand up and say, no, you don't get to change international law at the last minute without, you know, public comment and, and an open four month period for us to see what you guys have been negotiating in secret for well over a year. Now, I get it with with, you know, international negotiations. Okay, they've been doing all of this in secret. That's, you know, I, I can accept that to a certain point, but they have a legally bound deadline. They know it. They said it. They understand it. And they're still going to try to cheat. And we have to say to them, look, January 27th comes and goes. If we don't have a final version to be considered over the next four months. Sorry, you guys failed. You can come back in 2025. We'll go do this again. I've done it for two, three years now. Um, this is something that everybody needs to be aware of. I've made it public for three months and nobody's paying attention to it. So thanks, you know, thanks for talking about this. The second topic that I was hoping to talk about goes back to 2022. Now, I think you're aware and many people are aware and all of the things that you listed about Estonia and Slovakia and the Philippines and Mexico and the New Zealand and the Netherlands. Back on December 1st, there was a deadline for nations to reject amendments that were adopted, or so they say, 18 months ago in, in May of 2022. Well, there's a letter 
that was written by members of parliament in the European Union, a dozen members of parliament are aware, and on November 28th, they sent a letter to the WHO, Tedros, the director general, and they revealed what I've been talking about for 18 months is that, and, and this is you know something, again, that hurts people's brains. They never voted on the amendments that they said they adopted in May of 2022. They published a document on May 28th, 2022, the WHO did, and they said, okay, well, here are the changes that were adopted on May 28th at our eighth meeting, eighth plenary session is what they called it. Well, the members of parliament sent a letter to Tedros and said, you know, we can't find evidence that you ever actually had a vote. And without that evidence, these documents are null and void. The changes that were purported to have been adopted in 2022, it never happened. Now, that should be a scandal. They, you know, in the United States, we have trouble with election integrity. The WHO has figured out how to not even bother to have a vote, just say they did. And most of the world is asleep for 18, 19 months now. And you wrote all about this over on your Substack. follow the damn rules. And uh, it should be no surprise that these people aren't following the rules. But let me just ask you this. Is it the World Health Organization that created the international health regulations? Because, you know, when we hear the word amendments, it makes mm-hmm. you know, those of us who don't necessarily follow this as closely as you mm-hmm. do, it makes us think that, oh, amendments will be written to make this act less tyrannical. So, for instance, we don't want to give up our sovereignty as a nation to the dictates of Tedros and the World Health Organization. So let's amend the language. That's not what this is, right? It's not those types of amendments. Just help us understand the big picture of how we unwind this thing, because we have a criminal president who has no desire to unwind any of it. The start of the international health regulations actually began at the very same time that they were supposedly landing on the moon in July of 1969. Gotcha. On July 25th, they adopted at the 22nd meeting of the World Health Assembly, the international health regulations. Now, what they didn't put in that document is where the problem really is. In my personal view, that document was illegitimately adopted and allowed to be seen for 54 years as legally binding an international agreement. They did not say in that document, okay, these unelected bureaucrats met in Boston while everybody was looking at the moon and agreed to the international health regulations. Now go back to your nation and have the Senate give two thirds consent or have your parliament or Congress or whatever, you know, approve this. That's not what is in the international health regulations. What they set up was a process where if no one rejects it, And at the time, it was a nine-month period of time. If no one rejected it in nine months, it was assumed that everybody was cool with it. Now, the problem that everybody gets confused about is the difference between sovereignty of a nation and the control of the executive branch of your nation by the people and or their representatives. So what happened in that scenario is... 
a bunch of delegates who were appointed by the heads of state had this conclave in Boston. They got together. They had this, you know, inner circle agreement. Each leader, each, you know, head of state, president, premier, prime minister, even the pope, because the Vatican is part of this, has the sovereign right to reject the amendments on behalf of their nation. But they broke apart the representation that the people have from their Congress or Senate or Parliament. And this is where everyone's brain is freezing up. Okay. What we're dealing with since 1969 is a council of heads of state that are all functioning as health dictators. They don't ask the people what our opinions are, what we want. And in the United States, if you get out the Constitution, a digital version of it, and do a word search on it, you will not find the word health. Our federal government has zero authority over health. They had zero authority to get into a health-related agreement, but they did it anyways. In the 2005 amendments on page 60 and 61, they actually put in a reservation and they said that they realize that the United States is a federal government and um, yeah, this is, these are amendments from 2022, so you're not going to find it here. But in the, in the 2005 version, um, they said that they know that the federal government does not have authority. They're going to have to ask the states very nicely to accommodate them. And, and so what we're dealing with is in each nation's governmental structure, the people and their representatives have been kicked to the curb. And what has been set up is a, you know, a global health dictatorship where each head of state sends a delegate to the WHO or the World Health Assembly. And we, the people, have nothing to say about it. And this is the core of the problem. And what that leads to, you mentioned, you know, Andy Biggs's legislation Um you know, you could look at the glasses half empty or the glasses half full. Um, yeah, he got 53 co-sponsors. Um, but you can also look at that and say, how do we help those 53 Congress people who are doing the right thing? We're blessed in the sense that at least one or 53 of our representatives are on the right side of that picture. If you go around the world and the list that you had from the World Council for Health with, you know, Estonia and Slovakia and so forth and so on, there are um, outspoken members of parliament or prime ministers or, you know, government officials around the world. I've been talking with many of them. I just had an interview with um, some in Japan. There are people all over the world who are aware of what is wrong with the WHO. And so what we have now that we're facing for the next four weeks is, is we get to watch this slow motion train wreck. They have a deadline. They are going to fail to miss it. We, the people, need to make as many millions of people around the world aware of the WHO's pending, impending failure. Now, once they fail and it becomes January 28th and myself and everyone else that I can get involved, you know, put forth a FOIA request for something that we know doesn't exist. And we go, hey, can we see where the WHO 
alerted the nations of what is going to be discussed in May, and those FOIA requests come back empty, what that means is, sorry, you guys don't get to change the international health regulations at your meeting in 2024. Too bad. Mm-hmm. We have to enforce that, and it starts with awareness. Now, the media is doing a damn good job of being quiet about it because when they screw up, they want to put the kibosh on it. They don't want people talking about their screw-ups. Mm-hmm. And this is what we need to point out. They have I, I won't count my chickens before they're hatched. They have a deadline that is fast approaching. They have said that they know that they're not going to meet their deadline. They've said they're going to fail. We need to rub their nose in it. We need to make it public all over the world. I'm not going to laugh at them just yet on January 28th when it's very crystal clear that they've missed their deadline. We, the people, have to brazenly claim victory at that moment in time and tell them to go back to the drawing board because we will not, we, you know, basically anything they do in May will be null and void because you have to have a period of four months for everyone to consider. Now they've been keeping everything secret, which, okay, fine. You know, negotiations are sensitive, whatever. But the rules are that as of January 27th, the secrecy comes off. You either have an agreement that you're going to consider in May or you don't. And it certainly looks like they're not going to produce the document that they had hoped. And so they don't get to make any changes this year. Hey, friends, apologies for the quick break and a word from our sponsor. Just when you thought it was safe, interest rates spiked and new threats have come out of nowhere. Tensions are boiling from Asia to Europe. And adapting to this turmoil is the key to safeguarding your wealth. Perhaps you've not considered gold before, but now is the time. It's insurance, and right now, you need some insurance. Noble Gold Investments has been protecting investors from disaster for years with precious metals. So if you're worried, it might be time to take a fresh look at gold and silver. Gold is a multi-century proven safe haven to shield your portfolio. And right now, Noble Gold Investments is offering a free three-ounce silver American virtue coin with its new IRAs this month. If you open your Noble Gold Investments IRA or 401k rollover right now, you can claim your coin today. Remember, crisis brews, gold insulates. Secure yourself and your portfolio against the threats. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com right now. noblegoldinvestments.com. It's the gold company I trust. And so they don't get to make any changes this year. Well, good. All right. So it's a good news broadcast today. And that's uh, not always the case on this show. Uh, we try to cover the real news. And uh, thanks to people like James Rogowski and uh, Christine Anderson, this MEP, she's been sounding the alarm about this insidious, nefarious World Health Organization treaty for a long time. And she's also been sounding the alarm about central bank digital currencies and digital IDs, which are now rolling out in the EU. So I probably should have led with this clip. Let's just see what Christine Anderson has to say when she talks about the centralization of control through the WHO pandemic treaty and the international health regulations that will allow elected representatives plausible deniability and shift the blame for tyrannical decisions to an unelected globalist authority that will never be held accountable. Uh, at least when, when it comes to the WHO, the international health regulations, for instance, they, they want to change that. And they kind of have to change it. 
and uh, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because what they also figured out during COVID is um, they would have loved to impose much stricter restrictions on everyone, but they couldn't. Uh, because um, we are democracies and our elected officials will be up for re-election. And if they violate uh, fundamental rights, if they infringe upon them, if they, you know, impose lockdowns on people, um, then the elected officials might not get re-elected. So um, what they're doing is, um, with the change of the international health regulations, which would uh, then grant the WHO these governing powers in case of pandemic, which, by the way, they are the authority to call out the pandemic, and then seize the, the governing powers. What, what is happening here is actually uh, providing plausible deniability to the elected officials. Because they can say now, we would have never done that. We would not infringe upon your rights. We would not take it away from you. It's the WHO doing it. So insidious. It, it reminds me a little bit of the formerly independent nation states in the EU, now all having to answer to bureaucrats in Brussels. It's a similar model, isn't it? I mean, they knew they couldn't just take over the United States. So this is a great way to do it, right? We'll just abdicate our sovereignty and our decision-making to the World Health Organization. So the next time they say there's a boogeyman virus, well, no freedom for you, slave. Well, you know, there's a saying that goes back to the 60s. I used to see bumper stickers about it, and it was question authority. And this is not, you know, just questioning whether or not someone is right or wrong. People need to understand that whenever anyone says, oh, you have to do something, you need to ask a very simple question, you know, a couple of them. You know, who the heck are you and where do you derive that authority? And when you actually ask those questions and you go and you look and you dig into the law, you find that it's all smoke and mirrors. You know, I've often called the WHO the World Hypnosis Organization. They're very good at presenting something, using the media to twist the language and make it sound like their recommendation or their opinion is something that you have to do. Well, the starting point most especially in the United States, which is supposed to be, you know, the home of the free and the land of the brave, um, you have to ask, well, hold on just one moment. Who are you to tell me that I have to do anything? Where do you derive that authority? Now, people need to understand that when you go digging, you're not going to find it at the federal level because the federal government has zero authority over health. Now, months ago, in a, a meeting in uh, Colorado, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, Javier Becerra, was asked, you know, what would you like Americans to know about the Department of Health and Human Services? And his first reply was actually true. He said, well, everyone should know that the federal government does not have any authority over health care. You go, wow, he actually spoke the truth. But then he went on to say but we do have a lot of money. They put a lot of money into Medicare, Medicaid, you know, Obamacare, whatever else they may be doing, and people gravitate to that. And so what it comes down to is if you want the benefits, then you have to follow the rules. If your school board wants those millions of dollars from the federal government and the, the string attached to it 
is you've got to make the kids wear masks and get jabs. It's not because they have to. It's not because those things are good for them. It's because they want the money. And once you realize that, you know, I, I, I believe it was Collier County in Florida. I could be wrong on that. But, you know, they gave back some of the CDC money because it came with too many strings attached. And, and so when you look at everyone's life and you realize that what you're getting involved in is a business deal. And that's what these negotiations are for the treaty and the proposed amendments. It's not about anyone's health. It's a trade dispute that has been brought by the relatively poor nations around the world because in 2021, when all the jabs were you know, being handed out like candy, they were unhappy that they weren't getting what they thought was their fair share. And the purpose of these negotiations was originally set up to be um, seeking equitable access to pandemic-related products. Well, two years on, if you look back, and, and you realize, wait a minute, these people are negotiating because they want more mRNA jabs? How insane are they? Well, you know, there's a lot of money on the table, and these diplomats don't really have the knowledge about the, how it's dangerous because much of that has been hidden. And if they don't come back with some, you know, goodies for their nation, their job hasn't been done properly. And what we're dealing with here is a venture capital prospectus so that the smaller nations can be involved in the pandemic profiteering that is building out the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex in their nation. They don't want all of the profits to go to Pfizer and Moderna and so forth. They want a piece of the pie. And luckily, greed is in the way of them reaching this agreement. That's a blessing for us, but the media is not going to put this out there and let everybody know that the WHO and the working group are failing. We, the people, need to spread the word you know, under the radar so that millions of people know that we can't let them pull a Nancy Pelosi and keep negotiating up until the last minute and try to sneak something through. We have to enforce the rules that they're obligated to follow. And this is the problem. A lack of awareness causes people to do nothing. Now you all know. Now you all know. Just go use this as an icebreaker or a conversation starter or a meme or something to post on social media. Ask your friends, family, and, and everyone else you know, do you know what's likely to not happen on January 27th, 2024? What's likely to not happen is... The WHO isn't going to get their act together. They're not going to propose a final batch of amendments. If they do, okay, fine. We'll get to see their hand. They're going to have to put their cards on the table. They've been keeping it secret for a year and a half. Come January 27th, if we don't see a final version, they don't get to make any changes in 2024. See you later. See you next year. All right. Well, I think that's very good news. And, uh, I wasn't expecting necessarily that this story would end in a good way, but, uh, and it hasn't ended yet, right? The battle will continue into 2024, regardless of what happens on January 28th, correct, James? 
They're, uh, you know, I mean, they're not going to stop. And, you know, you're listing here, you know, a number of nations, New Zealand, Slovakia, um, South Africa, um, European Parliament members, and so forth and so on. There are people all around the world who are waking up to this. Um, any conversation that you've ever had about this, any conversation that you've ever seen about this, um, is something that they never wanted to have happen. You know, they would have loved to have these negotiations just quietly go along and, and nobody have any awareness of, of, you know, any of this was happening. But we do know about it. And the more we talk about it, the more we raise awareness about it, the harder it's going to be for them to do the things that they want to do in violation of our rights and freedoms. And so, you know, Article 55 of the IHR is very clear. They have to submit a final package of amendments four months in advance, and it certainly looks like they're going to fail. Good, 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 good. Pandemic profiteering. I guess you said pandemic profiteering, but I like that. And it reminds me, all of this reminds me of the uh, John Perkins confessions of an economic hitman model. It's kind of what it is, right? You bribe leaders of small nations to, you know, you enrich leaders, corrupt leaders of small nations, and in return, they pledge their infrastructure, their dams, their roads, the toll booth, like everything goes to the, I guess in that case, it would be the uh, IMF, right? International Monetary Fund. They use that economic hitman model. And this kind of sounds like that same angle to me, but thank God, a lot of these smaller nations are just saying, nope, we don't want any part of this. It's kind of a miracle. You know, sometimes, you know, good news shows up and the media doesn't want you to know. And, you know, even even the alternative media, you know, bless you. Thank you for having me on. Even the alternative media has dropped the ball on this. Um, spread the word. You know, I, I used to uh, I, I published a couple of books under my own publishing company. And it was under the radar publishing. Right. We need to work under the radar. Friends telling friends, people telling people um, word of this can spread all around the world, whether the media wants to talk about it or not. Everybody has the power to take out their phone or any other camera and do a little two minute video about this. Do a little TikTok video or, you know, Telegram or, or WhatsApp or Twitter or wherever you want to put it and just say, hey, um, do you know what's not going to happen on January 27th, 2024? And if it doesn't, it means that the WHO does not have the right to make any changes to the international health regulations when they meet in May. Perfect. All right. Is that the call to action then just for people to just, you know, start talking about this, get it out. Take, take this video. And, you know, I don't know what your biggest video ever is, but this ought to be it. You know, how, how many hundreds of thousands or millions of people can just watch this video and share the link and say, watch it. We, the people have the power, but we have to use it wisely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at this moment in time, I'm not counting, you know, I'm not claiming victory. I'm reporting what they have said three months ago, that they have, that they really don't have any hope of reaching an agreement. The nations are very upset with each other in these negotiations because they're, they're greedy and they're fighting over money and they're not, they're not able to reach an agreement. And that's to our benefit. Well, it's uh, with gratitude to you for all that you've been doing about this specific topic. You've been a real bulldog. And uh, I would have to suspect that uh, 
maybe some of this stuff, you know, Estonia, Slovakia, you know, Netherlands, whatever, some of this is with credit to you. I know there's others. Well, there's, the- there's, there's, there's many people around the world. I'm not going to take credit for everything that's been going on. What, it, what, it ha- what happens is one person tells a bunch of people, they tell a bunch of people, the word spreads around the world. Many people around the world have done a lot of good work. Now is the time for the person watching this video to participate in whatever way you can. You never know, you know, you tell somebody who tells somebody who tells an influencer, who tells an alternative media personality, who it it goes around the world and back to you. Um, You know, it's always entertaining when somebody shares something with me that I know I started. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's the best. So, you know, send something to all of your friends and see if it makes the circle all the way back to you. That's how you know you're having an impact. But, you know, one of the things to do, I, I call it a, a force multiplier. Um, you know, everybody obviously here is watching SGT report. Whatever other alternative media source you get your information from, send it to them and ask them why they are not reporting on this and get them to do it to their audience and so forth and so on. Absolutely. And uh, the best way to reach you, James, for any of those influencers or alt news media people that want to get you on, how do they do that? Well, I always give everybody my phone number. It's 310-619-3055, 310-619-3055. And all of this is um, available for free uh, on jamesroguski.substack.com. All right. We'll show the website jamesroguski.substack.com. The deadline is January 27th, 2024. Happy New Year, James. I mean, it's nuts, right? 2023 just zipped by, and here we sit uh, on the cusp of New Year's Eve 2024. Man, it's the quickening, isn't it? Feels <laughs> quickening. Time's just going faster. Maybe it's because I'm getting old. Well, you know, if you're getting old, I must be ancient. But, um, you know, I'm looking forward to a, a better 2024. And, you know, it's what it's going to be what we make it. So let's make it a better time. All right. God bless you. Thanks, James. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Spread this one far and wide. We appreciate you very much. And you can check us out for real news every single day for free at sgtreport.com. It's the antidote to corporate propaganda and all of those World Health Organization, Mockingbird mainstream media lies. God bless you and yours. Bye-bye. The government, Biden's administration, is, quote, knowingly trafficking these children. So when they hand these kids over to pedophiles and sex traffickers, it's not a secret. They know that they're handing kids over to pedophiles and traffickers. It's by design.